Phil Mendoza with Alpha Bow Honey. Welcome back to our show, To The Point. Welcome back, everybody. Let's go ahead and get started. So the next few episodes are going to be some Q&A. Um, this specific question I get at least three to five times a week, and I, I appreciate the question, so I figured I'd do this video. It's not... Uh, I'm, send the questions, okay? Don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't... I'm tired of answering the question because it's different for everyone, and as is most things for archery. I mean, it's, it's so subjective to... Uh, each person with their scenario and what they have going on. So what I want to do is break down my approach or I guess my direct response to someone when they're asking me this question. Again, single pin, multiple pin sites for for bow hunting applications. And I'm going to give you my experience with, with each. So first of all, I've only ever used a single pin site for target archery. And many reasons for that uh, being able to precisely dial to the yard or half yard in specific situations um, fine-tuning how I like my pin setup being able to add a light uh, you know the the finesse of a target site is is at a different level than a hunting site in my opinion and it's difficult to get a hunting site that's durable that's you know really bulletproof from a abuse standpoint and have all the finesse. I just feel that there's very few sites on the market that do that super well without weighing a ton of weight. There's some really good sites on the market that have uh, hunting sites again that are fully micro adjustable to the pins, windage, elevation, um, really good pin guards, but they just weigh a lot. So that's where that practicality factor comes in. And a lot of what we coach in, in our uh, Alpha pyramid structure and a lot of my philosophies, if you will, come down to practicality. Taking what's supremely accurate from the finesse and the detail standpoint of target archery, and then the practicality of bow hunting and trying to mesh those two worlds together and see where you fall. Sometimes you might lend yourself on the spectrum a little closer to the to the target archery side of things. Sometimes you might be more on the bow hunting side of things for whatever reason. So I want to have I have a few questions that I always start with. So going into this site, again, I've primarily bow hunted with fixed pin or fixed pin driver style sites like this one. And, you know, the details of the micro just pins, uh, windage elevation, I kind of, that's where I usually dabble and, and tinker a little bit. Uh, from a strict functionality standpoint, I like a minimum of four, if not five pins, and the ability to drive the site. So that's what I've been hunting with pretty much exclusively for the last eight or nine years and there's a lot of good sites on the market so I'm not I don't want to talk specifically as to which sites better than the other I just want to talk more about the platform and how I get to, to make that decision so first things first just like anything that we do in our approach it's it's you have to analyze things and as you start to answer, uh, ask yourself simple questions like number one what is the animal or animals you primarily plan to pursue? Uh, someone that's going to be pursuing small game is, you know, is potentially going to be different than somebody pursuing elk or moose. At the same token, someone pursuing whitetail deer and mule deer, even though those two body size, mature body size of those animals, can be comparable, the systems are going to be potentially very different. So identify the animal or animals you're looking to 
pursue first. Uh, second to that, and and that's not going to be that. That's just something to to kind of to know. That's not anything that's going to change your mind one way or the other um, initially. Secondly, the terrain, which starts to really dive into the details here, is are you again in the scenario of the the white-tailed deer versus the mule deer? Uh, are you going to be in a tree stand in a ground blind? Are you going to be more of a controlled situation than you are hunting mule deer, where you're potentially spot and stock or still hunting, where you're hunting off the ground, to where the again the environment is less controlled when you're hunting on the ground in a fluid situation. I'm not I'm not talking specifically to a ground blind. I'm saying ground blind tree stand. You're in a fixed position, most likely. Uh, hunting from the ground, being spot and stock, still hunting. Um, that's where the variables come into play. The third question you need to ask yourself is the style of hunting you're going to be doing. Um, again, so the, the terrain, um, let me back up, I guess. The terrain, in addition to the, the country, you, you really want to talk about, is it open country? Is it, is it you could be in the west or some of the, the western states or the north northwest states where terrain, the, the country may be more dense. So the shot distances are going to be limited. So at that point, uh, a setup for somebody hunting mule deer in, in dense forest, dense country, is going to be significantly different or potentially different than somebody that's hunting mule deer at uh, above tree line, where you you could be looking at wide open shots. Wind's definitely going to be a factor, uh, you know, thermals and those kind of things. So that's where you, as you start to break this down, and then you get into the style of hunting with the ground, spot and stock, ground blind. You start to analyze all those things individually and start to see what where where it starts to point you. The last thing I want to throw in here is you need to know yourself. Me myself, I like to hunt alone a lot when I'm hunting in the West. I've hunted with my son a few more uh, a few more times lately um, these last few few years, but it's not on every hunt. It's uh, on a few hunts here and there. But when I'm hunting elk, for example, and in anything mule deer, pronghorn, I'm usually by myself and I'm very, I can be very aggressive at times. And I say that because if the, uh, you know, let's let's talk about a situation. If I'm calling to an animal or if I've heard an animal, a a bull bugle, for example, uh, I'm not usually the type of person to sit and respond and wait and see what happens. I'm usually closing the distance right away. Unless that animal is already within 150 yards, then I'm going to analyze the situation differently. But if that animal's quarter mile away, half mile away, uh, in a drainage, you know, in a bowl somewhere, I'm moving to get closer to where I can hopefully see or get a better pinpoint direction on that animal, and I'm not making any noise. So I'm very aggressive in that standpoint. In addition to that, if, if, you, if you know your style of hunting, if you know you tend to be more passive, or you're hunting in a pair, or you're doing more tandem calling setups, or you know what? You just need to know yourself, your tendencies, if you will. So again, back to the elk situation. If I'm calling to an elk, or if I'm approaching an elk, I'm usually pushing the envelope a little bit, within reason, to try to get closer. And it, it it's happened at times where I've heard an animal before, and I've never once called, and I'm just closing the gap, closing the gap, closing the gap, to where at times I've actually not spooked, but jumped that animal, or I've I've walked up, come over a ridge, come around a tree, and that animal is right there at 45, 50 yards. And that's where it starts to break down into your effective range and then the alpha, the, the rule of thirds and different systems to where if that animal, if I come around that tree 
and that animal sees catches movement doesn't pinpoint me but I'm able to draw my bow just quick instinct you know as, as, a, as a quick re reaction I would say I have my bow at full draw but I haven't maybe ranged the target yet I've identified that he's within 50 yards I'm assuming and in that situation I may continue to say ah you know what it's pushing closer to 50 I don't want to judge this animal at that distance and take that shot so I may opt to not take the shot. I may opt to just wait, see if he moves closer, just be in a ready position. Or if that animal happens, I come around the corner, he picks his head up, you know, maybe he was feeding or he was, whatever he was doing, and he's in there in that 30 to 40 yard range. And I quickly analyze the yardage, I can get a good estimation within a couple, two to three yards on that animal. And if I feel comfortable taking the shot, I'm already at full draw, but I haven't taken the time to range a target. So. In that example, a single pin sight does not benefit my style of hunting because if I have that sight set at 35 yards, I may be golden. But what if I'm, you know, what if I have my sight set at 25 yards and that animal's closer to 40? And let's just say that I'm just not super comfortable holding high on that animal. That's where for me, a multiple pin sight is the only way I like to go with, especially when I'm on the ground because of those type of situations. I encounter those kind of situations over and over every fall and it's because of my style of hunting and my, uh, my tendencies, my personal tendencies. So I'm not you and you may hunt very similar to me, you may hunt very different to me, but you need to keep those things into account because again, maybe the yardage judging thing is a no-go for you. There's no way I'm gonna shoot at an animal without judging the animal first. Okay, well in that situation, if you're gonna take the time to, to pick up a rangefinder and range it, then that extra second to roll a sight is maybe not a, a big deal to you and it's acceptable um, in your in your again in your in your hunting style and, and your your system and your uh, your toolbox, if you will, what you like to do in your uh, pre-step process to the to the shot. So if that's how you plan to hunt, then potentially a single pin sight, even if you're hunting on the ground in the West, could be a good sight for you. But the the general is the general question of should I do, you know, is a single pin sight better than a three pin sight better than a five pin sight? I don't know. You know, there, you have to start asking yourself those questions. And again, the animals you're planning on pursuing, the terrain, the country, um, the style of hunting, and then your tendencies as a hunter. It's just, it's, it's something you really have to be honest with yourself because that newest, latest, greatest site on the market may have a lot of sex appeal. And you really want to get that site. And you think, or maybe you think, oh, this is a ticket. I'm going to be more accurate because of this site. And unless you're going from a, you know, a, a lower quality, lower value site that, that limits options, limits access adjustments or whatever the case is going up to a new bells and whistles sexy site your accuracy probably is not going to be hugely improved because of that one component could it be better from a durability standpoint probably so is it better from an adjustability standpoint sure but once your pins are set they should be set so in that respect i just urge you and again coming from someone who owns a pro shop who is dependent on sales to drive that business you really need to be honest with yourself and ask yourself that question you know or ask yourself these four questions you know does does, does the animal the terrain the country the style of hunting and my tendencies 
is it good to go over to that different that different site? Maybe maybe it's a different plat uh, different platform again. And I say platform by meaning single pin uh, to three or four or five pin setup. Now that the the one thing I will mention is you know more as of late, and I would say the last couple of years, Spothog has a really nice two pin option. Um, you know, you can build any of these, uh, the Black Gold or some of these other sites are customizable where you can build them with two pins if you want. Because a lot of people want to mask purchasing a new site because of flaws in their, in their form, in their structure, in their execution, and whether it's target panic or whether it's uh, something else that, that comes up then, and, and the excuse may be, oh, I, I I can't see through my pins in my site. It covers up too much of the, the object. Okay, maybe that's the case. Or maybe the case is you just haven't learned to properly aim through the target and execute a shot with regardless of the site. Um, and maybe that's the issue. That's the underlying issue. So answer the questions first. And once you do get to those questions and you say, and you really analyze the situation and you say, yeah, this this is probably not a good. I don't probably need to switch. You know, maybe you want to switch to a different, a newer site of the same platform because, again, it's newer, more durable, better pin system, probably a little easier to adjust. That's the different topic. The topic is one pin to multiple pin sites, and that's what that's how I usually. When somebody asks me the question, I ask the questions back to have them help answer themselves and answer their own question, if you will. So. But that I hope you you know take something from that. Maybe it's similar to what you do already in your uh, evaluation of a single pin versus a multiple pin site. I just know that the the different sites on the market, like I said, the, the higher end sites, comparing one to another, it's it's splitting hairs. They're so good. There's a lot of good good sites on the market. I've shot black gold for the last five or so years. And I've played with other sites. I've played with a lot 